0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in with me in your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 24, Um, and there are a few Bibles under the seats if. there's anybody that doesn't have one with them today. We normally have them up on the screen too, but I don't have to explain much more. But yes, if uh, if you don't have one with you, go ahead and use one from the Pew Bible. Matthew chapter 24, we're going to begin in verse um, 36 today. As we have been going through the Gospel of Matthew, um, Boy, it's been more than a year. It's getting close to a year and a half, and we're here in chapter twenty-four, out of twenty-eight chapters. Um, Chapter twenty-four has all been Jesus giving what we call the Olivet Discourse. He went up on the Mount of Olives and he was teaching his disciples, and and he was answering questions of them about what will be the sign of his coming. What will it be like whenever these things take place? And some of his answer had to do with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 A.D., but he also talked some about uh, his coming again, when he would return in glory. And I, I just want to take a, a moment and step back this morning and, and see all of the, the context of the Bible uh, from, from beginning to end and where this fits um, we know that God created this world that we live in to be perfect, to be a paradise where there wouldn't be any sickness or sadness or, or pain or death. None of those things were in originally intended for this world. And yet God gave one command to our first parents, Adam and Eve, not to eat of the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And they disobeyed that command and they brought sin into the world. And because of their sin, we all have now inherited a sin nature and we experience the pain of the curse. We experience pain, sickness, sadness. We experience relationship, conflict. All of those things are a result of the fall. And our sin is not just... In itself, um, bad enough. But our sin—each uh, one of us—not only have we inherited a nature of, towards bent towards sin, but we have all sinned ourselves. And to sin is to to violate God's commands. To sin against Him—he is a holy God who cannot tolerate sin and yet we are sinners so this sin has brought a separation between us and him now God could have just destroyed the world and started all over again but he didn't do it in a way he kind of did because he destroyed everyone except for Noah and his family but he didn't just throw it all away he, he preserved Noah, this descendant of Eve and Adam, through, to, to save the world and to save us. And, and God promised to Adam and Eve there in the garden after the fall that one day he would send a descendant of Eve, a seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. Hope I didn't scare anybody. <laughs> Crush the serpent's head. And through the Old Testament, there is this expectation, this longing that one day this su- su- seed of the woman, this descendant of Eve, would come. The Messiah, who would come and make all things right. We look for him in the line of Abraham. We look for him in the line of David. David received this promise that he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever. And so as we see the history of the Old Testament, it's all pointing forward. It's following this family line from Abraham, actually all the way back from Eve to Abraham to David And so on and so on, up until we get to the first chapter of Matthew. Starting our Old Testament with a genealogy that spells all this out. And the one who was to be the seed of the woman finally came. Now there's this longing, this expectation, this hope that the Messiah would finally come. He's finally come in Jesus Christ. He is the one upon the whole hopes of the world hang. He is the one who would destroy death forever. He is the one who came and he cast out demons. He healed the sick, he healed the lame. He taught uh, things that no one had ever heard before. And he not only came to be a great teacher and a great miracle worker, but he went to a cross. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And we haven't gotten there yet in the Gospel of Matthew, but we know what's happening. As he lives out his life, this sinless, perfect life, uh, the, the powers that be cannot tolerate him. He has exposed their sin. And they have to snuff him out. But yet what these men mean for evil, God intended for good. It was not an accident. It was not plan B that Jesus would go to the cross. God sent His Son so that He would come into this world and die on the tree for us. When He died on the cross, He took our sin upon Himself. And He nailed our sin to the cross with Him. And this message is to be proclaimed in all the world. That Jesus came and He did away with sin. And all it is an open invitation to all who would believe. If you would just believe in this message. Believe that Jesus died for your sins. And that you would bow your knee to Him. Stop trying yourself to fix yourself. Put away your pride and throw yourself on the mercy of Jesus. All of those who call out, Jesus is Lord. When you call out on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Now this expectation and this longing in the Old Testament, we still have that. But not for the Messiah to come originally. We long for him to come again. Because while he has yet come into the world and he has died on the cross, defeated death by raising from the dead, we still live in this time between his ascension and his coming again. And in this time between, we are proclaiming the message of the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. Trust in Him, and you can have full forgiveness. You can become children of God. That is the message we proclaim. And one day, there is, there is kind of like a countdown coming, and we don't know when that countdown will end. But one of these days, He is coming again. Our time of proclaiming this message will finally come to an end. He will return in glory, and no longer will there be any sickness, pain, suffering, death, no longer any relational conflict, any of those things. He will set all things right. All those who have not in this life bowed their knee to Jesus Christ, who have confessed Him as Lord, will be put under His feet, Eventually they will be thrown into the lake of fire which burns, which there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, our text tells us. And all those who have trusted in Him will be united with our Savior. We will reign with Him. We will experience life as it was meant to be in the garden and even better. So that's the context. We are now longing again for the coming of the Messiah a second time when he finally ends all of the sickness, sadness, death in the world. Let's look at our text beginning in verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the, the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as, we were in, as, for as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the, those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and, the, uh, and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing, find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set over him over all his possessions. But if that wick, wicked servant says to him, my master says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to understand it. Help us, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to obey. Father, give me strength and grace as I preach your word. In Jesus name. Amen. That day, that glorious day when Jesus returns. We've been talking a lot about it for the last several weeks. Here, Jesus tells us that concerning the day or hour, no one knows. Now, some have tried to get around this by saying, well, he didn't say you couldn't know the year or the month. That's just ridiculous. That's not the point that Jesus was making. No one will know when he is coming. That is the point. No one will know. Only the Father knows. In fact, Jesus says this so emphatically, he says, the angels in heaven don't know. And he says, even the Son doesn't know. And that is a real head-scratcher. Even the Son doesn't know. Jesus, he's talking about himself. He is God. He is the Son of God. He uh, He is all God. I mean, he's fully God, fully man. And yet, he even says he doesn't know when he's coming again. This is a mystery to us, and, and we cannot just brush it away and, and, and try to explain it away as if uh, he, he is either one or the other. But th- this has both teachings here. One, Jesus is completely divine. He is God Himself, the second person of the Trinity to somehow in some way, he limited himself in his humiliation as he became a human being in the same sense that Jesus could not be omnipresent when he was physically here on this earth. He was not everywhere. He was in one place when he died or well, not when he died, but when he lived as a man on this earth in the same way, it is a mystery, but He limited himself so that he did not know certain things that only the father knew while he was here. But Jesus does tell us what that day will be like. He says, for as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the son of man. He, he kind of fleshes that out a little bit. And he, he tells us how, how in those days they were marrying and giving in marriage. They were um, uh, eating and drinking. They were just living life as, it, as if it always had gone and as if it always would be. Uh, they had no expectation that, that, that there was a flood coming that was going to wipe out all of the humans who were not in that boat. They had no idea it was coming. They were just living life As if everything was going to continue on as it always was. Now we know a little bit more about the days of Noah. We know that uh, in Noah's day, the Bible tells us that the thoughts of the hearts of man were only evil continually. That that, the, The evil of humanity had gotten so bad that he had decided he was just going to start all over with this one family. But that's not the point Jesus is making here. The point that he's making is in the suddenness. And it's not going to catch us unaware. At least it shouldn't catch us unaware. We have been warned. We're going to be going about our lives and doing all the same things that we have always done. But we will have our eyes to the skies. We need to be looking and expecting His coming. We need to be ready when He comes. That's one of the essentials. We need to be ready. It doesn't matter if you're premillennial, postmillennial, uh, uh, millennial or whatever. We need to be ready when He comes. And Jesus moves on from talking about Noah and says, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Now, this text here doesn't give us a whole lot that's found in other passages as well. Some would look at this and say, well, we really don't know. Are, are, is, is it the one who is righteous that is taken? Or is it the one who is wicked that is taken in judgment? It doesn't tell us. But the point is, there's a distinction made. One is taken and the other's not. It's sudden. They're going to be doing what they've always been doing, working just like they always do. People are going to be going to work, working out in the field, doing what they've always done, what they, they get up in the morning, they go to work, they're in the middle of work and all of a sudden, it happens. Jesus has returned. One is taken, one has left. Two women. So he's, he's talked about men's work. Now he's talking about women's work here. Two women that are grinding uh, grain at a mill. And uh, from what I read, it would usually take two women to, to, um, to operate a mill in those days. There would be this heavy stone that they would be turning together, one on one side, one on the other. And um, as they're d- going about their work that they would normally do every day, And suddenly, one would be taken and the other gone. Uh, The other left. Suddenly, and, and there's a distinction made. It doesn't appear on the outside as if there's any difference between the two. They're just going to work. But that's the point Jesus is making. Then, He says, Therefore, Because of what he has just said, therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. The point that he's making in here is nobody knows. No one will know. We don't know when Jesus is coming. And the action that we have to have that follows this information that nobody knows is stay awake. Stay alert. You don't know when he's coming. I think that affects the way we live our lives. It could be today. It could be before we walk out of this building. It could be tonight. You might not wake up tomorrow. He could come at any moment. And he doesn't mean literally stay awake, but be on alert. Be on alert. That will affect the way we live here. He says, know this, that if the master of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left, let his house be broken into. Therefore you must be ready for the son of man. It's coming in an hour you don't expect. So here's got another illustration. He's talked about the day of, days of Noah. He's talked about uh, these two people either working out in the field or working at the mill. Now he's talking about a thief that comes and breaks into the house. Now, a thief is not going to make an appointment with you, right? Say, okay, uh, you've got any openings about 3 a.m.? No, no. they're not going to do that. And if you, the person who owns a house, knows what time that a thief is going to come and break in, you're going to be ready for him with a baseball bat or a Smith & Wesson, okay? (laughs) You're going to be ready for him. (laughs) Or a frying pan, Josh says. You're going to be ready for him. But we don't know. And the fact that we don't know could lull us into complacency. That master doesn't know when time and eventually he's going to have to fall asleep sometime. And the fact that we don't know means there's this this gravity, this, uh, this weight upon us that we always have to kind of fight against. Our natural tendency is to kind of fall back and be like, well, I don't think it's really going to be today. And so that Lulls us to sleep. Jesus says we've got to be alert, even if we don't know what time he's coming. Be alert. Don't give in to those natural tendencies. Fight to stay alert. Then Jesus says, Who then is faithful and why, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household? to give them food at the proper time. He contrasts this later with, but if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed. So there's a good servant and a wicked servant. And there's responsibilities given to these servants by the owner of the household. We, as believers, have been given responsibility We've been given a responsibility to share the gospel, to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, to make disciples. That's one of our responsibilities. Another of our responsibilities is to live holy lives. And here he talks about these two servants. One, he's faithful. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's caring for those who are under his charge. And when the master comes, he's ready. He's not ashamed. Then the other, he's squandering his time. Not only is that, it says, He beat his fellow servants. You know, first John tells us, and how are the people going to know we are Christians? By our love for one another. First John also tells us you cannot love God and hate your neighbor your brother. If we do that then one or the other is wrong. The wicked servant has been mistreating even others within his sphere of those who should be brothers. And sisters, when Jesus comes back, let us be found like the good servant, the faithful servant. Let us be found doing the things that he's given us a responsibility to do. We don't want when Jesus comes back for him to find us in some kind of sin. You maybe ask yourself the next time you feel tempted Maybe this is something that will help you to defeat the temptation. Maybe it's something that will help me defeat my temptations. Think, is this something I want to be found doing when Jesus returns? Is this something I want to be found doing when Jesus returns? That spurs us on towards doing what we're supposed to do. That's part of being awake and alert. So we need to... Be prepared. First of all, our first preparation is trust in the Lord Jesus. Trust in the Lord Jesus for for the salvation of our sins. You know, He is coming at a time when we don't expect Him. and, And one of these days, He's going to come, and it's going to be too late for those who have not trusted in Him. And for the believers, we don't want to be found doing something when He comes that we're going to feel ashamed about. Now, if we're a believer... And he comes, I do believe Jesus forgave us of our past, present, and future sins. But we also, every day, we should live with the the thought in mind, what if it's today? What if he comes today? And that should give us some strength to fight against whatever it is that we might be struggling with. Then, finally, he closes this. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, an hour he does not know, and will cut him into pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I have to say, I think, this must refer to those who profess a faith in Jesus. That's not real. And there are those. Jesus talked earlier about uh, the, the uh, parable of the sower. And some were uh, sowed on good soil. And some were sowed on rocky soil. And some were sowed on thorny soil. And, and some of those, they sprung up for a time. And yet, they ended up falling away. We cannot presume that just because we walked down an altar one day or made a decision that we're okay. The one who is a follower of Jesus, a true follower of Jesus, will persevere until the end. And this attitude that the This wicked servant has. He's been delayed. He's not coming today. Doesn't have an expectation. He's just living for today. He's just living for today with no hope for a future. That isn't the mark of a believer. A believer is looking forward because one of these days Jesus is going to be coming back and we're going to be set free from our sin, from our sadness. If we really are trusting in Jesus, we ought to ought, we ought to have this longing and expectation that when He comes, we're finally going to be set free from everything that keeps us down. But there is a great warning for those who have not yet trusted in Jesus. He's coming. That's certain. Just as the flood came and destroyed the world in the past. He's coming and there is judgment coming. Flee to Jesus. He is the only hope. There is no other. You can't find it in any other religion. You can't find it in any self-help. But only in Jesus. Turn to Him. Flee from the wrath that is coming. I'll finally close with this. We don't know. We don't know when he's coming. It could be today. It could be a long time from now. But it could be today. It could be tomorrow. So let us live our lives ready with our eyes to the skies. living a life that we don't have to be ashamed of if He found us when He comes. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.